0: Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Delicious things to eat. Yes, indeed. Welcome on in, everybody, to the Check Your Brain podcast here on well, wherever you're listening to this, whether it's uh, on Patreon, where I'm going to put it up uh, over the weekend, or if you're listening for the free podcast at Patreon or at uh, wherever you get your podcasts, you can go to patreon.com slash Tony Mazer to get this, uh, all of this going on that I have Um you know all my nonsense that I usually have on on Patreon, and it goes up there. I post about four podcasts a week, but then I also post my guests, and this uh, guest here is a special guest. We're talking about the movies today, and that's Nick Tabor. He is uh, one of the hosts of the. Uh, it's it's honestly it's a really cool podcast because it, it's something that you're i've always really liked i like movie buffs i like talking to movie buffs and some obscure stuff and it's called the movie theater time machine podcast and nick thanks for coming on thanks for doing this
1: hey thank you tony for having me this is awesome dude
0: yeah it uh so first of all tell us about the podcast because i want to get into talking a little bit about movies in general and get into your um some of your favorites your Underrated, yeah. overrated movies, but like, just talk about the podcast really quick. We'll get the we'll get the plug out of the way, the big plug, and then we'll plug it at yeah, the end sure. of the show. So there you yeah. go. Yeah,
1: so I'm in mean, movie theater time machine, the podcast where we keep it real to real that celebrates Hollywood, uh, old Hollywood and new, but really sticks to the movie theater experience and really just celebrates film when it was on film. And we really enjoy ourselves and have a good time. It's four nerdy people from from New England. Get together to really just talk about it, have fun, and spread some good out into the world, man. Yeah.
0: How, how many people you have on the pod- podcast? Because you're
1: one of the hosts. You got a couple of guys. I am. I, it's me. It's my wife, Kaz, as well, and our friends Dan and Just. So it's four of us. Okay. And so what? And so you kind of get together,
0: and you know, I've listened to some of the podcasts, and to be honest, I don't know a lot of these movies it's like, I'll see this random obscure movie from 1993 and I go, Oh, okay. I've never heard of that. And I, I, <laughs> I, what I do is cause you guys have over like 300 episodes, right?
1: Yes, we do. And yes. I just
0: keep scrolling. I'm like, okay, I found one. I know. So it's like almost one in every 10 I recognize. Yeah. And I know, I know movies. I know a lot of this, but you guys yeah. really are pr- dig pretty deep here.
1: Well, we want to dig really deep because of the fact is, is movies are always are always really good because you always have differences with people right I you know I might disagree with something with you but then you know we sit down we watch a flick and we chill you know and we talk about it and have a good time and you know movies are always the common uniter mm-hmm. so, I mean when I started this it was it was a random idea I was on a podcast a movie review show I was invited to and you know it was a friend of mine who told me he says I bet you can't do a podcast like this and I'm like all right, challenge accepted, dude. Let's do it. You know, and then I started doing it, and then he heard ours, and you know, he quit his shit. And you know, we just kept going. Been you having... proved him wrong. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, and then we did. So I mean, with the podcast company we're involved with at that time, I mean, I think, I think we are the only one that's still around.
0: Yeah, and it's it's an interesting concept in, in that, and. I've talked to people who are from overseas, like immigrants or yeah. uh, even people from Canada. And what they mentioned is Americans have this weird feeling of we're all like movie buffs. This isn't a thing in other countries. Like you don't you don't see people in um, Poland are yeah. going to movies and will tell you like we have this random thing in America. And I do this, too, where I'll watch a TV show and go, oh, that's the guy. Who was the, the waiter in that episode of Friends, but he's right. also in this show. In this show, that's like right. a strictly American thing.
1: It is. It is. Because I mean, that's our culture is really with um, it's our closest thing to royalty that we have we have really is you know, our we look at the screen and you know, our our movies are simply and I mean it's general movies in general, but movies are reflective of the culture. Yes, see something, and when you see an older movie or anything, you look at it and go, Okay, could that be me? Or you may want to say, Oh, damn I hope that is me at some point.
0: Well, let me ask about the movies in general because, with you being a film buff and everybody on the show following it, movies have taken kind of a back seat in the last couple of years. I mean, every so often you'll have. You know, people go to the movie theaters out and, and take away COVID, for for example, because this started before then And right. I was somebody that, you know, I'm 34. So in the 90s, and the 2000s, I go out and, you know, you go on dates, you go with friends, you go to the movie theater. Yep. And I can't I can't tell you the last time I went with friends outside of taking my now wife to a movie. And we've my wife and I've been together almost six years. We've been to one movie. That's just that's just how it is, and I am mainly because I'm not a superhero guy. Star Wars bore the new Star Wars bores me. Uh, I'm too old for the cartoons, and you're not going to the movie theater to go see the rom com featuring Julia Roberts and Matthew McConaughey. Those are now being streaming only. They're Hallmark Channel. They're whatever the case is. So basically, as Martin Scorsese said a few years ago. These movies are just, you're going to a carnival. These are amusement parks that you're going, when you go to the theater, you want the experience of going to IMAX so you can go see Thor and you can go see Iron Man, you see Captain America. But the days of cinema have, I don't know if they're over, but they've definitely changed. And uh, in your opinion, a long way to get to this is how can movies adapt to the amount of streaming that's going on now?
1: I think what has to happen is, you know, we've had a long stream about 20 something years of movies really starting to go the way of the superheroes. Like it was when the first Spider Man came about. I said, Something is changing. You know, uh, you, I remember. I re- yeah. I remember that was 20 years ago. Yeah. Like you yeah. said, I, re- I, was, yeah. I was about to yeah. get into
0: high school and yeah. I remember going there and watching yeah. the movie. Cause again, I'm not a yeah. superhero guy. I yeah. watched it and I'm like, I don't, I don't like this because it's the most predictable thing. I grew up with Spider-Man. Oh, great. There's Dr. Octopus. I hope Spider-Man saves the day. There was no twist and turn. That's
1: that's it though. (laughs) You just, you just said it. Spider-Man saves the day. That's it. We 20 ish years ago, we came off of nine 11 and just to give you a little background on me, you know, I was, I was a senior in high school when nine 11 happened. So it's like, okay, we're getting out into the world. Oh, shoot, we're going into war. Most of my graduating class signed up for the military. I couldn't because of my own medical issues. I couldn't do it. But we all looked to something. And I think where we started seeing the world as some of the stuff is not that great. You know, you had a... Um, not to get too much into politics, but you had a president who did not win the popular vote. And as far as we learned, that wasn't supposed to happen. And you had another one who did. You had world. You had the world at war, and it's not considered World War Three yet. But we look at it in escapism. We want to see that there are these superheroes around. You know, you look towards the politicians or you look towards leadership in the country and like, it's not quite getting there so like you want to believe Spider-Man's there toby maguire's spider-man was the catalyst for all this because people go oh my god and you know you see all the american flags around and you know they had to redo it a lot but that experience really just brought people in because it became comfort became comfort and the movies got more expensive it came a lot more expensive and I mean I remember I think it was like we had to work and you know the work you know in order to go on a day we had to work like four or five hours and you know then you had to work an entire day and a half in order to afford one ticket. you know, so it's for some jobs at least at that point, so it was like, oh gosh, now what are we gonna do? And as it got more expensive, you know and things like streaming streaming isn't that bad. But streaming, you lose that communal experience.
0: Well, it's what we've talked about the last few years about uh, Blockbuster was the reason people liked going to Blockbuster in the 90s, because not not only for the comfort factor was it was the experience. You went there like you can go to Hollywood Video, you can go to your local video store in town but there was something about going to blockbuster that it just seemed like there were spotlights above it. You buy popcorn. Uh, you're, you yeah. know, you're a kid and you see the uh, adult section, you go, Hmm, is mom and dad looking right. Like, <laughs> part of that whole experience yeah. of going there. And then eventually the couple of days later, you put it in the drop slot. Yeah. We don't have those experiences anymore. We and don't. is oh. that for the better? I mean, maybe in some ways, sure. Maybe some ways not, but uh, if you're a film buff, you just go, wow, you know, I have a regal cinema that's right down the street from me. And I, I can't tell you the last time I'm like, wow, I can't wait to see that movie. In fact, earlier this year was the first time my wife and I ever went to go see a movie in the years we've been dating. And it was the new Jackass movie.
1: <laughs> so I'm kind of <laughs> contributing. To it. Though. Yeah, I mean, that's good nostalgia for me. You're right. I uh, I recently went to see the new Black Panther movie. hmm. And the only reason I did was I got invited onto a podcast to review it. And that was the first time I'd been there in, you know, a number of months. And uh, the last time before that was Sonic 2, because my wife is a massive Sonic the Hedgehog fan. And that's an easy, scoreable date night. Yeah, that's true. So, that's... <laughs> so let's, go here, let's do that. And then before that, it was just before COVID hit. Was when we saw Sonic got uh, Sonic the Hedgehog one was released on Valentine's Day.
0: Okay, well there you I go. Felt
1: like boom, that was you know that was like a no brainer. Right? You know, called out of work that day, and we all went to the, we went to the movies,
0: and then right to the bedroom afterward,
1: and then right after, <laughs> exactly, you know, exactly. I mean, you know, I mean, you're married too, so that's what you're we hoping for, you know. So it's like that's the game plan. But we had. um you know, we had a you know a good time for it but you know we are losing that communal experience um because of things like you know I mean what's going on in the world right now I mean you know communal things aren't really a big thing right now and um the independent circuits and independent movies aren't really a big thing you know as much as you know Marvel movies and you know and DC universes
0: they pay the bills if you think about it I mean that's what they it pay is them. we we, they do- we- yeah, When we saw Jackass, the, I think the big reason why I wanted to go see it in the theater is I, I've seen I've seen all of them on streaming or DVD yep. at the time when they came out. But there's right. something about being in an audience of anywhere between 20 and 100 people. Yeah. And when Steve-O gets his balls bit by like a, a python or whatever yeah. the case is, yeah. and the, the guttural – reaction to the crowd where everybody just it's kind of like being in a comedy club that's why i i I do stand up and i enjoy the craft of stand-up because you get that immediate reaction and that's why i really wanted to go see it but for the most part i haven't been i haven't been to a movie where i like i remember thinking back of some of the superhero things i go yeah this is great uh, as far as special effects, but it's the same story over exactly. and over and over again. Exactly. There, there aren't, and, they're not leaving yeah. them up to interpretation. They're not yeah. leaving. It's just, again, it, like you said, about 20 years ago after nine 11, it is a carnival. It is comfort. It's, Hey, I know what I'm getting myself into. I just want to be amused for about two hours. And then we go to dinner or we go out to a bar or, or go home. That's yeah. kind of what's going on. And we pick up the kids uh, from, from the babysitter and that's it. And I think, I, I I think even with music, too, the reason we have so many of these services is as opposed to where you couldn't wait for your favorite song to come on the radio. So you had to still right. wait. You say, why do I need to wait anywhere between 20 minutes to God only knows when I'll just go on Spotify and find my song in two seconds?
1: And, you know, what you also have is there's a, you know, because music does. Uh, coincide with the way movies are released as well. I mean, I can remember not that long ago, one of my favorite bands was releasing an album. They would put something on social media, say our new album drops at 3 a.m. or drops at midnight on on California time. I'd set my alarm at 3 o'clock and download it on iTunes, you know, just to have that entire album, warts and all. Yeah. But, you know, I think the culture has changed a lot and also... Um, movies and music, the technology is so democratized right now that there's so much. I mean, you and I, um, you and I are talking right now that, you know, 20 years ago, even back, you know, back in the 90s, too, I mean, we would have to know each other, be from the same city, same town, same group, and then get together to talk on a microphone mm-hmm. And, you know, even 25 years ago now, it's just, you know, this this technology, this experience wasn't here even three years ago. Yeah. At all. I mean, so, I mean, the way things are rolling, the way that it's open, I think the way we're going to get back to a communal experience really is not going to be from like the next big, you know, I know um Marvel's in like phase five or whatever the hell it is. But you know where they're going towards the more minor superheroes, which is nice. But I think what's going to happen is you're going to have people come together, and I think you're going to see a a a swing the pendulum back to something similar to what I had Uh, was when you had tape trades, you know, back in high school and junior highs, where people were like, "Hey, I just made this movie because you can make all your movies on this."
0: Mm -hmm. That's true. Yeah.
1: and you just say hey i made this movie come over and um it would there was a movie that was released years ago and i'm really racking my brain i think it was called be kind rewind and yes. it was a nostalgia movie it was with jack black and most f the, um they you know had an end had a little independent video store one of the last of the area and they were just selling movies and showing movies and then it brought the whole town together ended kind of bizarrely as i remember i remember it didn't last very long but i think what you're gonna see with movies is that swing back is gonna be somebody's independent movie much like music today there's a lot of bands right now that are getting a much better audience than even when i was a kid
0: in full autonomy too because a lot of them own their record label. Well, and also what I found interesting in the last decade were the non-Marvel, the the non-DC, non-Star Wars movies that ended up getting big and cult followings. And I think that's kind of where we're going with. And I remember, was it about nine years ago? 2013 was when Sharknado. And that whole thing was going on, <laughs> and even though even though it was already released and everything, they were just adding it, 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 it. I don't know if it was Shark Week or whatever the case was, whatever the tie in. And there was this communal feel on social media where everyone's like, uh, everybody stop yeah. what you're doing. Yeah, you need to watch this. And then they replayed <laughs> it on sci fi or whatever. And then it was Sharknado 2. Now, I think they've had like 17 Sharknados already. I noticed that this week that we're recording this with the movie Cocaine Bear.
1: Yeah, That's
0: supposed to and come out in they're, February. They're
1: been, yeah, there are about seventeen alterations of Sharknado, and if you go through our list of of um, about a year ago, we did the six uh, Sharknado movies, <laughs> and I mean those are ones that you're like, you're right. It's like, wait, Shark what? Like you know, and you describe it to somebody, and you're just like, you know, dude, hold on, there's a. A thing with sharks that got swept up in a tornado, and this guy with a chainsaw has to kill him. But he kills the sharks with a chainsaw, and it's the guy from
0: 90210. And Tara Reed
1: after the job. <laughs> yeah.
0: And Tara Reed with the job. Yeah. Yeah, Ian Ziering, Tara Reid. and yeah. then you have like all these random like. Th- then they started throwing Michael Strahan in there, and uh, I think Robert Hayes from Airplane. Yeah. They had a quick like Airplane oh, montage. Oh, there, there's
1: <laughs> way more because in, in the fifth movie they just they they just unleash the cameos from that, and then the sixth movie where they're wrapping it up, and it's just like everybody comes back and shows themselves including like i think one of my favorite bits i believe it was the fifth movie um Tori spelling appears no of and course i zering <laughs> and Sarah reed go back in the past and terry's uh tory spelling you know appears as his mom and you know they look at each other and they're like hey and she goes did we go to high school together and so the- it's
0: it, it it's nostalgia is what
1: it is. Yeah, you you cash in on nostalgia. They're they're plucking, they're plucking, but they also they know that it's a terrible movie. They know that they're bad, and they're just leaning into it. And then the sixth movie, you have um oh god, there's the uh, the really famous scientist who's the head. Neil deGrasse Tyson. Neil deGrasse Tyson, thank you. Yeah, who plays Merlin. And it's very obvious he's not even in the room. He's not even trying to do that. He's reading off of a script. Yeah. He's in front of a green screen and wear the wizard suit that I think was his. And you just like okay, he's happy to be there, and it's just no one gives a shit. Like it's just what like those movies. You're I think are what's going to turn the pendulum back mm-hmm. because you have those like Neil Breen movies, Fateful Findings. Um, and others like that, and then Tommy Wiseau's The Room.
0: Yeah. And, then, yeah, and then also the other thing is that there are certain directors people want to go see, like Scorsese yeah. when The Irishman came out a couple of years ago, where, hey, we're, we're going to have it in the movie written. theaters for a couple of weeks, yeah. then we're going to put it on Netflix. Yeah. Uh, Tarantino's another big one, where when he has it, it's an event. Yeah. But for the most part, I noticed in the last 10 years, because I, I wanted to get, really, I, I, I would always watch the Oscars. Now I watch and I'm like, i haven't seen any of these movies i don't I know, know half that. of these actresses yeah and i think of th- things changed drastically be- between what the voters and with the with the people and wasn't it about 10 years ago that there was that movie called the artist yep which was a black and white silent film and it won best picture Yeah, and but i'm like I-, I don't know one person who has seen this movie well I know one person who's seen this movie. <laughs> but, but at the time, yeah. I just remember hearing all of this hype. Yeah. And I'm thinking, I, 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 none of my friends, no one in my social circle. And I know a lot yeah. of people who like yeah. movies knew any of this. And then you start noticing that what the critics chose was way different from what the public wanted. And then there was that public outcry where they said, why don't we have a separate category for most popular movie that people really like? We'll give that an Oscar. And then whatever the critics decide, because there've been some upsets over time, but I just noticed that in the last decade where it just seemed the Academy said, no, we're only going to showcase the movies we want and the people we want, as opposed to what the people actually want.
1: I wholeheartedly agree with you. And also with the Oscars and a lot of those award shows, I mean, they're chosen by a lot of people who are in the screen actors guild, you know, I know ballads are sent out, they're taken back and, um, accenture and a couple of accounting firms actually tally all those and and then and then get that together um you know that is one of those that's really it's really super dicey and also i think that's the way it's i mean that's the way it's always been but Years back, you know, when we were in the monoculture of, you know, when you had the news at six and four, you know, three, maybe four channels on your TV, you didn't have a lot. You didn't know a lot that was going on. So if whatever picture won, you know, chances are sometimes they didn't see it either. You know, they didn't they didn't know what was going on or, you know, like, okay, that one won and then it drove people back into it. But the people who had the money, you know, to go out and look at these indie culture stuff or, you know, not necessarily indie culture, but look at these movies that might have been out there every once in a while or something and go, okay, that works. Like the People's Choice Awards, those are ones that are tallied up a little differently. And I don't know how exactly they're all together, but those are ones that come together together. through voting and through um you know i know lately I mean, they're done through some websites as i understand it but you know people's choice awards were used to, oh actually they used to be done through people magazine okay back in the 80s and you know that was tabulated a little differently but then again those were for people who might have been much different and Uh, you know from a ways back but cable tv kind of changed that as well because that all streamed out live and people were able to call in numbers and vote and stuff um but nowadays i think you know i I think i personally do not care for award shows at all you know hey that person's wearing a nice dress and won an award for a movie i didn't care about either you know, or I I didn't know what happened, but it's the opinion of people in the room that this is the best movie.
0: Yeah, that's and yeah. Then there, there it was a lot of strange categories, and then you wait for the performances or who's ever hosting, and you know, yeah. and then, or, or or who's ever going to uh slap one of the presenters.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah, they, they, and that you know maybe people talk more about you know was that the Oscars, wasn't it? Yeah yeah that happened. like I think that was more chatter about the Oscars you know than there had than the actual than the many, actual ceremony than the actual thing but you know for many years I'm like nobody really gave a damn like, oh yeah, the Oscars were on last night and I think you know for our show, I mean we did um we put random years and we did best Oscar of you know some years for a long time and then tried to figure out you know if we could see if this movie still holds up. But we only did that once, I think, in our second year, our first year. Honestly, I can't remember. it. since then, even I don't give a damn. You know, <laughs> I run a nostalgic movie podcast. Yeah. Myself, you know, so I'm like. Mm. Well, it was
0: it wasn't I remember it was uh well, not remember. I wasn't alive yet, but uh, it was 1975. I think Bob Hope, I think it was the last time Bob Hope ever hosted the Oscars. And he, right. he opened with the with the great joke where he said, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Academy Awards, or as what it's known in my house, Passover, which is <laughs> funny, you know, dumb Bob joke, uh, Bob Hope joke. Um, yeah. But I, with you doing a podcast, and, and I notice you go back in time with a lot of these uh, yeah. movies in these years, yeah. is that uh, there are still movies being made right now? A lot of them very lower budget and yeah. lower, and even lower box office returns. And so I think a lot of these uh, concepts for movies have gone from being we'll do a movie and if it's popular, we'll do a sequel to instead of a movie. How about we take it over to Netflix or Amazon and they'll give us a somewhere between four and 12 episodes. So therefore, you take what the concept of what a normal movie would be and you stretch it out into a season of a TV show. And. I, I, I think that's got to be tough for people who enjoyed the the feeling of cinema. And you're going, okay, so now I'm going to watch instead of a a two-hour movie, I'm now watching an entire weekend that takes up of an of one concept. Yeah. So I, I, I and and a lot of those, if you notice they don't last very long. They're like maybe a couple of seasons with the Netflix show. There's certain ones that have stayed the test of time. Like I think even stranger things had to refresh themselves because otherwise I thought the first season was really good, but I would Mm -hmm. have also thought stranger things would have come out 15, 20 years earlier in a movie as opposed to a TV series.
1: I totally agree with you. And actually we did that this weekend, last weekend where we watched the show Wednesday Okay, yeah. And I thought the exact same thing, and I'm like, oh, this it, and even myself, where I watched the first episode, I'm like, this, and not knowing I first, my thought was, this feels like a Tim Burton movie. Yeah, yeah I like, definitely see then, that. Then I realized, but it is directed by Tim Burton. So I'm like, okay, yeah, that is exactly what they're doing, but I think as a business standpoint, as a business standpoint, that's kind of the way they're going because it's guaranteed that they're going to make money regardless. Cuz we, you know, Netflix has set itself up so that way they, you know, people pay the monthly fee and it's kind of like the way the BBC is, you know, we're going to do this and you know, you might not watch Netflix for months on end, but you're still going to get the money because it's all paid by credit card. And it's just enough. It's like um, um, it's kind of like the way Planet Fitness works. It's like, okay, 10 bucks a month. Are you gonna notice $10 on your credit card? Probably not. Are you gonna notice 13, 14, 15? Not so much. So, I mean, if they put their stuff on Netflix, it's like, okay, they guarantee to get a paycheck, and they're probably gonna make their whatever money they put into it back, and then whatever else is gravy. Yeah. I mean, I, I get that. And I mean, you're right though. I mean, that's a that's a good point. I I think about it because we watched Wednesday and I'm like, this is a movie. that this is a movie. The eight episodes, you know, 20 to 30 minutes each one. It was about three hours or so. Yeah, it's a Tim Burton movie.
0: And and what happens with a lot of those yeah. the first couple episodes are they they catch you. Then yeah. like episode four or five, they're like, Yeah, that's nah, that's nah, just nah. filler, yep. they're just throwing yeah. something together, and then the crescendo towards the end of yeah, which, of that cliffhanger. Up. Yeah, so yeah. it's that's kind of yeah. like what a movie is that there are those there are those websites. I remember I think it's called Run P and it's a yep. website where they tell you, Hey, we reviewed these movies, and if you're at the movie or if you're at home, you got to take a piss. Yeah. <laughs> You just walk out in the room. Uh, yeah. You're like, you, yeah. you, you're you good for about two minutes. You're not missing any storyline.
1: <laughs> I have the app for that still.
0: <laughs> I love Never that back in the day. There
1: is, there is an app for it. You go and you look at it. It says, you know, you when, when so-and-so says this, okay, it's time to go. You got 20 minutes. And it said that because I did that where I was on a podcast recently and used the app for the Weird Al Yankovic story. Which I thought was really funny. It was funny, but there's a point where it, I'm not going to spoil any of it. But it, there's a point where it grinded to a halt, in my opinion.
0: I I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, it was it, like it was one of those where I'm like, okay, all you right, know, uh, this. Yeah. What, what time are we at here? Oh, well, we're, we're we're wrapping up. We're wrapping up towards a normal yeah. regulation movie.
1: Yeah, and I'm checking. You know, I'm checking. How much time do I have left? And then it's like, that's the point where it's like, okay, right here, when Daniel Radcliffe says, This is the best six hours of my life, you have 15 minutes to walk away. And I'm like, wow, all right. And even, you know, even they got the band left on Roku, you know, where like you could pause and walk away now, you know, that's the difference. So,
0: so, uh, we'll, we'll, let's talk a couple of movies of, uh, yeah. you know, we could, all, we could have every conversation. I'd love to have you ab- have you back to talk about some of the best movies. I want to talk about yeah. worst movies because there's Coastal. a communal feeling with a bad movie yep. when you, when you go there and you yeah. just kind of see people squirm. And I yeah. think nowadays, when you start to see phone face, when you see the yeah. ghost face of everybody looking <laughs> at their phone, you go, yeah, these are people are just they're trying to get their money's worth but this movie is just terrible and the last movie i saw before covid was a few years before a couple years before covid which was gotti the awful john travolta movie where and it was it was him doing so travolta's wearing this john gotti wig the movie opens with him as john gotti or it's like oh you know i'm john gotti and uh, you know it's my city here and it's basically what it is is it's a B movie with John Travolta. You don't recognize anything. It's supposed to be taking place in the 80s, yet Pitbull scored the movie and has his music in the movie. I'm like Pitbull was born in the 80s, I believe.
1: Yeah. And you know, I call that the movie that was conceived in a boardroom. <laughs> yes. I said, like it's a this is a boardroom movie. Okay. Who are we gonna do? Like there was an episode of South Park. That I think shows this concept tremendously, you know, and you speak like John Gotti, I think of like, you know, when we were growing up, you had Adam Sandler. Yes. You know, and Adam Sandler was one that was either hit or miss. And for the most part in the nineties, he was pretty damn funny. Like I remember when uh, Billy Madison came out and I saw that in the theater, I was way too young to see it, but I had a cool sister (laughs) <laughs> so you know, like, hey, come here and listen. Okay, fine. Here, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, that's that's fine. Okay. Yeah,
0: that's some. Um, you know, I'm, like I'm like I'm seven, eight years old at that time. Yeah. It's like all right. Yeah. No, that's it's yeah. amusing for the time being.
1: Yeah, and you know you see that, but like Adam Sandler, like there's a the South Park episode where Cartman pretends to be a robot. And he gets drafted into a boardroom of movie executives, and he's pitching ideas, and they (laughs) turn them all to Adam Sandler movies. He's like, how about this guy who is a really cool guy, and he um, gets really drunk and falls in love with a girl or something and has to figure out his life or something? Like, perfect, we can call it punch drunk Love again! You know, (laughs) it's just like... You know, and you look at that, like John Gotti, that one was conceived in a boardroom where it's like, what is really good right now when writing this? Oh, John Gotti was caught. Ooh, we got to write a biopic on him. Who's a great actor? John Travolta hasn't had a lot of work. Yeah, the, the charts say that he's really good. Let's get him in here. Okay, fine. And, you know, they do. Oh, this statistically should work. John, it, 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 no one I, gives a fuck.
0: I have to say about John Travolta, because yeah. they keep talking about, well, you know, he was so big in the 70s, uh, Mr. Right. and you know, yeah. and Saturday Night Fever. And yeah. they're like, he dropped off. But then his real big comeback was Pulp Fiction. And I'm like, he was the worst
1: part of Pulp Fiction. He was, he was the terrible. weakest part. Yeah, he was just a straight man. But it, John Travolta is one guy who he cannot lead, but he he's an ensemble actor. You know, yeah,
0: but he wants to lead. That's his problem. Is that he to, can't yeah. accept the fact that he's yeah. an ensemble
1: guy. Yeah, but he he can he can lead, but he has to have strong people around him. Mm-hmm. *Pulp Fiction*, for example, he was partnered with Samuel L. Jackson. Primo movie, like primo movie all around. But every scene he's in there, you know, where he looks and goes, "Hey, Vincent, what's in the briefcase?" and John Travolta's not saying a word. His best acting, by the way. Correct. You know, you know, and then you get that Samuel L. Jackson monologue you know, about that. So, I mean, he has to have strong people around him in order to elevate him. And, you know, the best scene out of the movie, Bruce Willis sees him and kills him. You know, in my own opinion, it's like, okay, fine. You know, Vincent's I, dead.
0: I think the best scene in Pulp Fiction is when, uh, when you had Harvey Keitel in there as Winston Wolfe and he does yeah. and when Travolta does the please will be nice it's yeah. like, And which I think the acting by Travolta is terrible there yeah. but like the acting by Harvey Keitel is like pretty, yeah. pretty pleased yeah. with sugar on top clean the yeah. fucking car yeah. and it's like yeah. that's great acting right there yeah. Harvey Keitel is amazing Um, another one where we mentioned about uh, Adam Sandler it was another movie that I saw in the theater and I wish I hadn't because this was this was uh, I, I think it was going to high school, and I want to be with my friends. But my brother is a few years younger than me, and my mom said we need you need to go with your brother, and we're going to a movie. And I had to take him to a movie. I didn't couldn't drive That's so my mom okay. drove us. Yeah. And this is twenty years ago, and yeah. my brother, because he saw the constant, and you know what I'm talking about when I say this, Dana Carvey, master of disguise. Oh, he liked, God, he wanted to see it solely because he dressed oh, as that God. turtle character. And oh, because I, my brother, I think my brother was about 10, 11 years old and was yeah. amused by him in this turtle outfit. So we had to go see Master of Disguise, which was a PG movie. It's considered one of the worst movies of all time. Yep. I believe Dana Carvey has come out and said it, it essentially ruined my career, that movie. Yeah. Uh, and I just remember at yeah. 14, I'm not a film buff at 14 and I knew it was shit. Yeah. <laughs> and at 34, yes. if I went to go, why, if I went to go, God, God forbid, I found it somewhere and watched it. I'm probably going to still think it's shit. So I, I, have
1: you seen that movie? Yes, I have.
0: <laughs> have you reviewed that? I haven't seen that.
1: No, no. Do, do you want
0: to, or would that be no. the last episode?
1: <laughs> no, I,
0: I, would, no. would that be one where you're like, look, I-, I can't do this podcast anymore i quit this movie's so bad it's forcing. no because
1: we had one movie that it almost imploded the show that was a movie called existo okay and we were reviewing it because it was the 20th anniversary of uh, jim varney's death they played in the earnest movies oh yeah you know loved them as a kid hindsight pretty bad um, But we had to fund the, we were I want to
0: talk of, about that next, but, but no, go ahead. Keep going. No problem.
1: We had that and we watched Existo, which was the second to last movie he ever did. And everybody was on cocaine. And it's obvious. Everybody <laughs> was on cocaine in this movie. And I went to the we went to the studio and we saw our other co-host and they all just slung arrows at me you know about that because i picked the movie to watch and they're like what the hell but it's still a bonding movie because when you talk about bad movies itself i think it's like the most american thing in the world for us and um, i say this as a proud american if you smell something bad people have got to smell it oh my god this smells terrible here smell this of course oh my god, this this is awful here smell this oh my god did you do that are you have like a gym bag that you kind of forgot about for a little while oh my god hey larry come on over here it's the same concept of like let me show you something terrible like how you know rocky horror picture show up in the so that's okay but, but
0: camp people like people like camp yeah. and they're attracted yeah. to to camp right. in a lot of ways yeah yeah and I think, honestly, when you mentioned about the Ernest movies, is yeah. that uh, I actually dressed up as Jim Varney or Ernest for Halloween this past year. Really? And I've been to awesome. his gravesite. I yeah. actually know his uh, his nephew, who actually yeah. wrote a book. It's uh, kind of yeah, fascinating. He, run,
1: he runs a Twitter, uh, a Twitter Var- page on him, yes. too. Right?
0: Yeah. Jim Varney book, yeah.
1: Yeah. And yeah. Justin Lloyd, his name is. And yeah, yeah right, right, right. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I've been, I I really like what, I mean, Jim Varney is a typical character actor. Right. That, but character actors don't necessarily lead things. So you essentially, he was the, he was flow before flow from the progressive commercial.
1: Exactly. He was
0: the guy that in the eighties, he pitched everything. And that was part of the goal because he was a, it was a failed standup comedian. He would have bit parts on like the Johnny cash show. And God only knows what in the, in the seventies he -hmm. returns back towards you know t- t- tennessee and kentucky ends yeah. up doing these commercials and they and they start putting them in movies but that was the one thing when you and i were growing up in the 90s that direct to dvd or direct to vhs movies were very popular yeah. nowadays they're just i mean they're in the ash bin of uh, youtube somewhere yeah. but at one time you were going like hey i i kind of like this series and you knew it wasn't great you knew you knew these weren't you knew Mike, for example, Mike Myers, you knew Mike Myers was never going to win an Academy Award, but you, you liked him. So yeah. you, were gonna, you were drawn yeah. to it that it, it wasn't a bad thing to be doing comedy. And I thought that was like that with Jim Varney was yeah. you knew Jim Varney was not going to thank the Academy for his best acting award, but yeah. you liked it. It was it was fun. Yeah. And again, a communal experience.
1: Yeah, I think Jim Varney himself. Do you know the story of how the Ernest character went national? <laughs> Yes. Yeah.
0: But do you go ahead and tell it?
1: Yeah. How he was in Florida and uh, it was at a NASCAR event and you know, Michael Eisner showed up, said hi. And then, you know, didn't really get a lot of applause from the crowd. And then, or, you know, Jim Varney showed up as Ernest, and the crowd went nuts. And then, you know, Michael they Eisner, deal with like, touchdown. You got to figure out what to do with this guy. Like he has <laughs> to be on board. Like he was more popular at that time than Mickey Mouse. So, like, he had to roll and had to get through it. Um, but you're right. I mean, Jim Varney, like, I think he is, like, the luckiest guy in show business, you know, period. I mean, he had a lot that he could have just, you know, he could have just gone by the wayside and he'd been a weird guy that he saw, we saw in commercials, you know, flow from progressive. Like, he could have done that and then then been forgotten about, mm-hmm. you know, especially before the internet. You know, and then when he when he started to go down, he died. Yeah, you know? that's that's true. Well, then he he wanted
0: know? to do some other acting, and yeah. he ended up being Jet Clampett in the Beverly Hillbillies movie, which, which is was awful.
1: fantastic. Well, I uh, thought
0: I thought he I, I thought movie. his his part was just it was a little bit of a stretch, mm-hmm. but I liked the casting. I just thought the movie was terrible.
1: Oh, the movie's not great. You know, the the movie itself and the story is not that phenomenal. Like, I grew up with my dad watching the Beverly Hillbillies, and I just wanted to hang out with my dad. So, I kind of got the gist of it. Mm -hmm. But, like, that fish out of water story is the same thing over and over again. And he didn't have a lot, but yeah, he did stretch and, you know, he was kind of slowing down a bit. I think his lung can't, you know, like he might have just got the the notice that he got lung cancer at that time or not, but you could tell his voice was getting a little raspy. Yeah,
0: it was a little, 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 little bit raspier. Yeah. Well, I mean, you hear what he's uh, yeah. is it, the it, slinky man. dog in, in, toy story. Yeah. It's when, a little know, bit raspier bad, than where he was a couple of years earlier. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I was way beyond that point. But I was like, yeah, oh, man, man, how you doing there? And, you know, it's just, it's different, but he, it was just fun because you knew that guy and you saw something. And then, you know, when it came out again, you saw it again, and I remember buying his VHS in the flea markets.
0: Yeah, you
1: know a lot. You didn't see it there, but it's like Ernest goes to camp. Okay, you know where's Ernest going next? You know, slam
0: dunk Ernest.
1: Oh <laughs> God, oh, <laughs> that one was painful. Oh, they're 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 all they
0: all have their moments yeah. of cringe, yeah. but yeah. Uh, the early ones, at least the ones that were a little bit more yeah. higher budget, yeah. Um, yeah. But speaking of oh, Beverly Hillbillies, because um, you know yeah. uh, Lily Tomlin played Miss Hathaway, I thought it was a great yeah. casting. Cloris Leachman yeah. as Granny. Yeah, uh, it, th- that leads me to my next thing I wanted to ask you about was the nostalgia movies where you started seeing right because right, I believe right after that the Flintstones movie came out. Yes, and it, and it was one where I, I watched it maybe a year ago, mm-hmm. and you can even tell that it was so bad. That Rick Moranis, who I, I love SCTV, I love yes. Rick Moranis and what he's able yeah. to do, but you can even tell he just doesn't care. He's just doing this bad Barney Rubble like hey yeah. Fred, and John Goodman is coming off of a yeah. lot of bad movies as Babe Ruth and a couple others, yeah. and Rosie O'Donnell only got the job as Betty Rubble because she could do the Betty Rubble uh, laugh. That was the the, right. the, the giggle. Yeah. The movie was terrible, but then yeah. we started seeing this wave of let's do a Monsters movie. Let's do a, a a live action Yogi Bear movie. Let's do a this movie, this movie, this movie. And in my opinion, as, as somebody who likes a lot of the the old you know Looney Tunes, I, I thought I, I didn't like Space Jam either. I no. thought Space Jam was a – I liked seeing the characters, and I guess as a kid, yeah, I liked Michael yeah. Jordan and I liked Bugs Bunny. But as I've gotten older, I hate that movie.
1: <laughs> it's super overrated. I I agree with you there. It's super, super overrated, but... um, And I
0: think it hurts the characters, the legacy of the characters, in my opinion.
1: It does, because that, again, goes to a boardroom decision. You know, Michael Jordan, probably the best athlete of the 90s, you know. You know, and, you know, there could be arguments on that, but I would say he really... You know, he put basketball on, you know, in the pop culture lexicon, you know, we all knew Chicago Bulls, even if we didn't play. Um, But I think it's like, okay, we have Michael Jordan and, you know, we have we have the money to advertise. We have people who have the money right now are you know wanting to get their kids in there and we're gonna release that in the middle of the summer and then everybody's gonna go there and you see that starting again now it was maybe as maybe it's the way it's always been but now i'm paying attention to it more um where you see it because what's happening what happens now disney is doing the exact same thing You know, what they're doing is they're taking the properties, remaking them, you know, make a live action, you know, live action Lion King or live action Aladdin, which horrible, but you have cash grabs. Yeah, they're cash grabs because the parents are going to remember the nostalgia and they're going to take their kids to go see it because you know maybe you know the bills are way too high and we're going to shut the ac off in the house and we're going to go to a nice condition air-conditioned air conditioned movie theater for a few hours and keep the kids entertained you know we're gonna we're gonna do that you know but i what i was always interested in seeing is how we don't have this much now but how the dvds go after that because dvd wise boom it drops right down again but disney yeah. doesn't Air because it grabbed all the money it could in the theater and then went away. You know, I mean, the streaming wise, what the streaming numbers look like, nobody was really paying attention to that. Um, you know, I don't know how much they did over COVID, but they did that also with the um, uh, oh I got it was the uh, frozen, yes, you know, with frozen and things. But I think you know, we've had that, you know, back to like Space Jam and other things, it did ruin it. Because a lot of people, I mean, I haven't, I grew up watching Looney Tunes, you know, myself, because they were always on Saturday morning. And then there's many different things that killed the Saturday morning cartoons, but I think it brought it back down. I can't remember the last time I did it or watched a stream of Looney Tunes on YouTube or something, or I can't remember the last time I did that myself.
0: Yeah, and and I've I've seen them. I've seen the new Looney Tunes, and there's just there's no edge yeah, to it. I'm yeah. not I'm not saying I'm not saying that yeah. you know there, there were some edgy things, at least by today's standards and everything. That uh, yeah. uh it's just it's I like passing on a legacy. It's just yeah, don't ruin the legacy in the process.
1: Yeah, that's I mean, just that, how I feel. That's also one of the reasons why you know we do what we do in movie theater time machine. You know, we do celebrate the ones that are kind of obscure.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: you know, or um you know, you're right, you know, and I, I will be the first to say it. you know, maybe ten percent of our movies are people are ones that people understand or people have seen.
0: yeah, like I saw uh, I was listening to the one flew over the Cuckoo's Nest one you yeah. guys had.
1: yeah, and uh, thank you. and thank you for listening too. by the way. we really appreciate it. but like one flew over the Cuckoo's Nest and then if we did another Jack Nicholson movie. Maybe we did the shining um last the year ago. I think it was around Halloween. And then you know, we might do the Postman Always Rings twice. You know, one one that somebody did not understand or you know yeah. hasn't understand. Um, but we also did uh the um the original Little Shop of Horrors. Oh, the
0: uh oh yeah. the original Roger Corman one from 1960 yeah. with a quick 60. cameo of uh, Jack Nicholson as the yeah. patient.
1: Which is one of Jack Nicholson's first roles, and I believe he was 19 in that one.
0: Yeah, he was he was very young, but he's very recognizable as Jack yeah, Nicholson. <laughs> it's as as it <laughs> like, oh dear,
1: He's here. Her, 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 her. You know, and it's like, okay, that's you know, like a little bit of a joker from the 80s comes back comes out. Just, just a smidge, you can kind of see it. But it's just right there, and you know it's Jack, but it's like it's yeah, you sit through this 70-minute movie that's not too great, just to see two minutes of Jack Nicholson.
0: Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it's uh, it's very. It's, <laughs> again, you want to talk about campy, but those that was Roger Corman, and he's yeah. still alive, by the way. Which no, really? Yeah, he's still he's ninety six. Which, of course, as I say Get that, I think I'm, I'm, I think I'm going to kill him because I, 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 I've, I've had I've had this bad luck where I mention like, hey, mm-hmm. so and so still alive, and it's like mm-hmm. I just talked about him last week on a podcast. So
1: yeah, uh, yeah, as, we've done that too. Yeah. So
0: uh, as we wrap up the podcast, I'm going to put you on the spot here. And I I want to ask you about your favorite movie that is not, I guess, either didn't do well at the box office or the critics panned it. Mm -hmm. uh, Or what's the most and and also at the same time, what is the most overrated movie that everybody talks about? You have to see this is universally great. And you just think not good. Not good. Not for me.
1: Okay. all right. I can give you those right away. Okay, you know, one of those. So greatest one that got panned. Absolutely. Is the movie Waiting. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I love that. Fantastic movie. I worked in a lot of restaurants, dude. Like, you know, and I think that's the one movie that got restaurant life right.
0: You know, like you don't want to go to a restaurant after you watch Waiting. No.
1: But and if you go to a restaurant, you treat the waitstaff extremely well.
0: I've done I've done that because of that movie. Yeah, you're right.
1: Very, very well. And you you see the cook say hi, but everybody knows a Louis Guzman every, you know, know, that type of Dane Cook, who was there because Dane Cook, you know, but everybody knows a Ryan Reynolds. Everybody knows a Justin Long. You know, for that, I mean, that movie, I think, is just nostalgic gold. And, you know, it got it right. You know, I I remember um, training, doing my first day at a restaurant, and I was the John Francis Daly. You know, just sitting there having nothing to say and then exploding at the end. You know, and it's it's not PC, but damn, it's funny like it's just one of those you're like yeah I've done that and it brings back together cuz anyone who worked in a restaurant can understand it. Yeah. No. I uh, I think a movie that everybody loves that is absolute crap is The Hangover.
0: You took mine. That was mine.
1: Yeah. It is just awful. <laughs>
0: it's and it spawned two two extra sequels. Yeah. I saw it in the theater and, and I went in with an open mind because I, as far as comedy goes, I'm kind of uh, yeah. I'm a little more of a snob than I guess most people. And I remember yeah. going to see The Hangover. It came out in 2009. And yeah. I had a coworker said, it's the funniest movie I've ever seen. I, everyone was yeah. on the floor laughing in the, in the audience. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, all right. So it took my yeah. girlfriend at the time and we went to go see it. And I stared at the screen. I'm watching everybody like piss themselves. Yeah. I'm like, that's not funny. It's like, oh, he's naked. He's doing a stereotypical Asian uh, impression. And, okay, hey, we got drunk. I can't remember. Look, here's Mike Tyson. He punches people. And here's a tiger. And I can't believe what happened. And I'm just like, that's it? This is the most overrated movie I've – especially overrated comedy movie. Because, you know, you could talk about Avatar. You could talk Titanic, all these big – Big budget movies, but I thought as far as comedy goes, yeah. I thought it really almost helped kill the movies.
1: Yeah, it was total crap. A plot that was so predictable. And I'm gonna do you mind if I spoil it for people for who it. haven't seen it?
0: I think, I but, think everyone's. Uh, I think yeah. if, if, if you're not gonna spoil it, uh, I think you can go on cable right now and it's probably on TBS.
1: Yeah, <laughs> if if listen to this. good point. You know, good point. But... You know, their friend is, you know, drunk and they had a bachelor party, they lost their friend, they gotta go around Vegas to find their friend. He's on the fucking roof. (laughs) He's on the roof. Because I saw that they woke up, like, he's on the roof. He's on the roof. He's on the roof. He's on I know where Dougie is. Hey, he's on the roof. You know, hey, he's on the roof. There he is. Like, he's on the roof. They got the they got the chips. They got money. Okay, you just kind of like I and like there have been experiences in the movie theater that have turned bad movies good, where you're watching some movie and you're just the way people are bickering about it, and you're like, like We watched uh, uh, with Superman, and you know, which people started heckling it and they were funnier than the movie, yeah, you know, like okay, <laughs> that's good, and then movies that were already great that got better. Based on that, and I can I share like a quick story, like when we saw Kill Bill. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So um, you've seen Kill Bill Two?
0: I didn't see the second one, I just saw the first one.
1: Okay, so Kill Bill Two, there is a very iconic scene where Uma Thurman crawls out of a grave and they do the Carrie tribute, you know, where the you know the hand goes through out of the soil and it's like ooh, you know. No, I tell you for a while, we reviewed this a few months back, and I could not remember 10 minutes after that scene when I saw it originally. Because the, you know, she pops her hand out of the grave, climbs out, and the screen goes black for a second. And there's a woman who is a few seats over, and I all I hear is, ooh, she's gonna get him. <laughs> And I'm losing it for a while. Like I just, I do not remember ten minutes of the movie because I'm just losing it from that. The same woman is in the movies when we saw Hancock years later. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. And she just like, yeah, Will, Will, Will's great. Will's great. Will's great. And I'm laughing because she's so damn funny. And the <laughs> movie is awful, but I'm like, like how the hell? But like, she's funnier than what they're trying to write. You know. That was the experience that we missed. You
0: know? That's true. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll give mine a quick one because I actually got an opportunity to tell him about it. Was uh, as far as underrated movies that were pretty panned, and it was Zach and Miri make a porno. Yeah. I thought it was funny and I had an opportunity to talk to Kevin Smith a few years ago. And I said, first of all, uh, I'm like, I think this is because I I was in LA. It was at uh, the Hollywood improv and I, he was doing something there and I had a question and we're uh, talking for a while. I got a picture with him. It's pretty cool. And uh, I said, first of all, I got to say that I know a lot of people didn't Mm -hmm. like it, but I thought, and you thought you thought it killed Seth Rogen's career, but I thought Zach and Mary make a porno is a really funny underrated movie and uh and she's like oh i thank you i really appreciate that and stuff so uh I, that's kind of one of those what my wife is from the pittsburgh area so yeah. and that's where it was filmed and so we go back in time and that, that's one of those uh the covid movies the comfort movies that we put on every it would come on like yeah. every once in a while yeah. on hbo and we're like all right let's watch this we'll watch zach and Mary again but uh yeah i always really enjoyed that one but uh it's yeah it's it, so uh, and that that was the other thing was that the clerk uh, clerks and all the yeah. kevin smith movies you want to talk about the, somebody brought up a very good point that the higher the budget yeah. the worse movie that kevin smith did
1: i agree i wholeheartedly agree
0: although did have you seen clerks three not yet you've seen clerks two yes You've obviously seen the first one. Yes. I'm going I'm to say I'm not going to spoil anything because I-, I cannot spoil this movie. Clerks 3 way exceeded my expectation. Really? I saw Jay and Silent Bob reboot. That sucks. You-, you can ignore that if anyone ever wants to I see saw it effect. too.
1: They yeah, didn't like it. Yeah.
0: Clerks 3 was unbelievably good compared to Clerks 2. That's all I'm going to say. No spoilers, but I- I'm telling you, if you have nothing to do this weekend, I would watch it. Okay, really good. Okay, and Uh, actually got I got a chance back uh, to meet Jeff Anderson and uh, Jeff O'Halloran that at a Comic Con, and they were out promoting the movie they were trying to get it out there and uh, I've been to the quick stop. So I had the quick stop t shirt. And uh, Brian O'Halloran was like, uh, Oh, yeah, uh, you definitely. You've been to the store. That's the official T-shirt. So it was really cool. Had a yeah. had a great conversation with them. Uh, but yeah, no, please go see Clerks 3. If you if you enjoyed the man. first one, if you yeah. sat through the second one and had its moments, the third one yeah. wraps things up and it's really, really good.
1: Okay. I'm sold, man. I'm sold.
0: <laughs> well, and speaking of movies, you do a podcast again. Uh, what's, the, what's the plug and uh, where can we find it? And uh, any other pertinent information we can get out there for you?
1: Yeah, so movie theater time machine, you can see it any anywhere where there's a podcast, you know, you can pick it up. We're on almost almost every single place where you could find it. So, I mean, you know, Spotify, iTunes, Yada Yada, all, uh, Apple Podcasts, excuse me, iHeartRadio, all the majors and the minors. Um, so definitely uh, if you want to reach out to us, the best way is movie theater time machine at gmail.com or on our Facebook page. Uh, We are launching MovieTheaterTimeMachine.com soon, although it's a slow work in progress. But, you know, and if you um, listen to our shows and listen to the fantasy casting segment and you have a better idea for fantasy casting, we want to know about that. You know, what, what actors would you replace? Because then, you know, when we do get that, we talk about it on the next episode to see how that would go. All
0: right. Yeah. Excellent. Well, yeah, no, this is great talking to you, Nick and uh, you, Nick well, Tabor. It's uh, yeah, this is cool. We'll have to do this again. We'll have to talk about some of the best movies. Maybe I'll have you back on around Oscar time and we could talk about movies yeah. that I haven't seen yet.
1: Yeah, sounds good. yeah me neither.
0: Yeah, <laughs> Absolutely. Nick Tabor from uh, from the uh, movie theater uh, podcast. And uh, I, I appreciate it. Thanks again for coming on. And uh, yeah, it's it a good time. Here. All right.